Hello and welcome to another episode of the Golden Hour Podcast. I'm your host Dave Mays here in the Polar Pro Studio. This week is a little different than most. We actually had an amazing guest lined up for you guys, but the last minute he had a work opportunity come up and he had to take it, so he wasn't able to make it for this interview. So I went down the list and I reached out to another friend of mine who said that he would come in and at the last minute he had to cancel as well. So this is going to be our second highlight episode of the Golden Hour Podcast. So so instead of not having an episode for this week, we thought it would be worth it to do another highlight episode for the Golden Hour podcast. This is going to be highlight number two. In this highlight episode, we're going to have clips from Josh Yo, my interview with Jenna Huben about adding animation to your work. We're going to get undone with Gerald Undone. We're going to hear some inspiring words from Carmen Hutter, and we're going to learn how to be Twitter famous with Drew Photo. We will have a new guest again next week, so make sure to stay subscribed to the Golden Hour Podcast in your podcast player of choice to hear that interview. But without any further ado, let's listen in on my interviews with all these incredible guests on the Golden Hour Podcast. This is highlight episode number two. This first interview is with Gerald Undone, episode 25. Gerald Undone is that? Did that name come out of anything from your childhood, or did you just kind of come up with it? Or no, it was the... it was yeah. Just let's let's figure out a name. I knew some. Pitfalls. Is your name Gerald? My name is Gerald. Okay. That's, that's legit. <laughs> it's not my last name. Although some people think it is, and at this point, sure, it is. Yeah, you know, we'll go with it. Yeah. Um, because when it comes to like getting badges for events, and when you tell yeah. people what it is, like it's easy just to because it's not a. Well, same here. I'm Dave Mays. That's not my na- that's not my Ex- last name. Exactly, but yeah. it's it sounds like a name, so we'll go with it. You yeah, know what I mean? If exactly. It, if your name was like you know bricklaying 101 that, that'd be a weird name you wouldn't call <laughs> yeah. yourself that you although know I mean? pewdiepie i guess right yeah, i get there's examples that work but for the most part so and that's that's related to the idea is that i knew some of the pitfalls of coming up with a name uh-huh um so i tried to craft one that i thought mm. would i want it to be a name because like you know we talked about casey neistat right yeah it's a name that's his uh, name it so happens it, to be a great name that he was born with but yes but it's if a great it works name. out well then you're still casey neistat you can do whatever casey neistat wants to do and that's your name right exactly um but so i wanted that but i also wanted it because i'm not casey neistat i wanted yeah. it to be something that would maybe be something kind of memorable or something that you could associate in some way so i had this whole you know whatever people do when they write everything down and like, uh-huh. you know those charts or the brain brain charts i was doing brain charts Dave. <laughs> that's so cool that's not a thing <laughs> no i've done that uh what i do it with voice memos when you when you like when you make a there's like a word for it. it's like a drawing i know exactly what you're talking about it looks block, like but... uh you, yeah you draw circles and you just do lines out of that and then uh <laughs> you come up with ideas and you compare there's a stuff. name for it yeah. somebody listening is exactly. shouting like, at the radio right now it's so obvious you know? <laughs> anyway so i you know a bunch of crafting the different names and there was a bunch that ended up being terrible and then you feel them out but the idea was that it's my name gerald so i get to have that part uh-huh it's not restricted to anything specific, uh-huh. like the whole bricklaying 101. What if I don't want to do bricklaying anymore? <laughs> yeah. Then my name's useless, right? Exactly. <laughs> and then um, the undone thing fit originally into the idea of uh-huh. the crazy content. It's like, this guy must be losing his mind. He must be coming undone. And then at the same time, uh, there was this idea, which kind of works now into the modern thing of if I want to take things apart, if I want to look at things closer. Yeah. You know, I feel like it's open enough that you can make your own interpretations of them. And every one that I've heard, because uh-huh. people make like memes and things in the comments, and stuff, they yeah. all fit well. And I like them all. Where That's it's like, cool. oh, he really undid that one. Or that yeah. video has been completely undone. Or that topic's been, it's like, yeah, it all works. Yeah, so exactly. Kind of, the name seems to have worked. Yeah. But you take a chance, right? When you come up with it, you're like, yeah, oh, is this going to work? Well, it's so, a great, it's a great name. Uh, you've tied it in really well to every video with your intro. Let's get undone. I love that. It's such a great setup. 
and uh and then you've got a great little meme that you've added to all of your videos i think i don't know if it's on every single one but you basically have the audience give you like a tagline of what you are in that particular episode um can you share some of your favorite ones from those funny little memes that people yeah, so write? Yeah, it's like sometimes they're me. But what do you call it? What do you call that segment? Like a greeting. A greeting. Because I used to have a different greeting that uh, we were chatting with us for a second, but we but I didn't like. Again, didn't we like... saved it for the podcast. Yeah. I used to have a different greeting. It was just like a hello. And I had some feedback on that, which wasn't overly positive. But the thing is, some people love it and some people still love it. And some people wish I brought it back. That's the thing with YouTube. If you, oh, ever, yeah. if you ever stop doing something you think people hate, the people who loved it will tell you, hey, what'd you get rid of that? Because they're like old school fanboys, right? Exactly. So. And I love that. But I think that there was a point that the complainer said. Now, I would usually say, don't listen. Don't change yourself based on negative comments. Sure. Because then you'll be nobody by the end of it, right? Yeah. But there, this one, if I looked at the numbers, there was there was something to it. And it's the same thing you were talking about with, you know, yeah. flourishes that you did. So before we started this podcast, just so people have context, I was talking about how on the Kinotika videos that I would make, I had a full little theme song intro that I did. And, you know, I felt like a TV show when I would put it on there. But I looked at my analytics and I would have like 30, 40% drop off yeah. of retention as soon as that hit. I literally just took that out and boom, I kept all that retention like immediately so i was like oh okay well i gotta get rid of that originally i was following this formula that you know you need to have some kind of catchy intro thing and that was like based on the gaming channels you remember like jacksepticeye has that like you know yeah. slaps like high fives the the yeah. camera and he has like his like irish sort of thing and then Pute uh, or uh philip defranco i philip guess DeFranco. Has own... yeah and and you know what um there's a lot of channels that get accused of like uh you know copying different things if there's a channel that i've probably like consciously or subconsciously modeled myself after the most it's actually probably philip defranco yeah content wise not at all but i love the like symmetrical sets the, the fast framing. talking yeah the quick jump cuts like keep up yeah, yeah. And the framing and the, yeah and i was like he's got an intro he's got an outro he's got an end card he's got a thing and i was like this is this is the type of content that i system. enjoy watching yeah. and my watch time is the highest on philip defranco videos i find uh, yeah. that outside of tech sure. so i thought what if you could do that kind of format in tech maybe it'd be cool and so I think a lot of it came from that. But I used to do, uh, what is happening? And I would make this like <laughs> this this like sound would come. I don't remember I, that. I would yeah. do like a weird two-finger salute, uh -huh. uh, which for the YouTube um, channel membership things, I'd have like an emoji that's like a purple two-finger salute thing, which oh, I nice. kept because it's like a little nod, to, like you said to the OG fans or whatever. Yeah. And it would make kind of like, it's called the, it's a Foley, it's a famous Foley sound called like karate punch or karate uh -huh. kick. And it's someone that's like funk like that. Uh -huh. And I, I, so I would, it would be like, what is happening? And as I brought my fingers, I'd be like, sunk. It would like make yeah. a sound like that. And I thought, <laughs> okay, whatever. But the thing is, if you don't know who I am, so it's like I said, some people love that. But if you don't know who I am, I'm some guy who you clicked <laughs> on a video and you're like, I want to know the answer of what's the best way to set yeah. your focus settings or whatever. And then you got this guy yelling at you, cracking his voice with falsetto. <laughs> yeah, like, what is <laughs> and I was like, you know, it makes sense that some people yeah. would go to the comments and be like, yeah. shut up. You know, I don't know who you are. <laughs> and so it's one of those things where you have, it makes it where you have to win them back almost on yeah. a first impression. It's like, so sure. you, you were obnoxious and now you have to convince them that you're worth watching. So then the obnoxious thing becomes charming later on yeah. and it puts more work on a new viewer. And I found that on, good point. Yeah. on videos that, because you get some videos that do well and you know that you got some new subscribers based solely on that one video, right? Yeah. Since making the intro, what your actual question was, like I took us on a little detour here about the 
the the the comments that people leave to be included in the greeting i guess is what i call it you uh -huh. said what do i call it? it's like a greeting like yeah what do you want the next intro or the next greeting to be um since that the engagement is better because people aren't uh they don't find it as obnoxious yeah and i also get away with saying obnoxious things because i didn't say it yeah, somebody so else submitted it yeah I'm, I'm doing fan service here yeah but it also lets me say wacky things which i really enjoy yeah and some of them are great i get to pick and choose the ones yeah but of some course. of them are great and uh i get to say wacky things it's not that i came up with it they submitted it and i think for other people they view it instead of some obnoxious youtuber it's a guy who reads the comments yeah and i think that's worth something because now what they type in is not your intro is obnoxious they go i have a question or I have an intro idea for yeah. you, you know, which is <laughs> exactly. which is fine because they're participating. And I have found that there's analytic wise less drop off uh -huh. that first like five seconds in the route because this guy's annoying uh -huh. and more uh, sort of acquisition of subscribers based on videos that would have been their first time. And I never would have like I won them on that one video. Yeah, I win them more on videos since not doing that. Nice. So. That's great. It's, it's always hard to look at analytics and know for sure. Yeah. But I'm going to say it's working. So what are some of uh, the funny oh, intros yeah. that you remember I like, off the top of your head? So the two that I like the most would either be ones that are completely absurd. Because like it lets me throw back. Some would uh -huh. be, I just got one recently. Somebody's like, if it ain't fixed, don't break it. And I was like, <laughs> I don't even know what that means. But that's going in. I got another one that, uh, oh, we were just talking about it. But uh and the, the, other, the other ones that I like are ones that are fun references because I like to throw them in there because the people will be like, oh, I know that movie or I know that scene. Uh -huh. So my favorite ones of those ones is there's an old uh, Chevy Chase one where he used to say, um, uh, I think it was on when he did Weekend Update or whatever that was on SNL. He used mm -hmm. to say, you know, I like, hello, and I'm Chevy Chase and you're not. And I was so that was great. <laughs> so somebody gave me that one and I was so happy because a long time ago I was like, I hope somebody gives me that. And I had to wait months. Yeah. There was another one recently that made me chuckle that was... Uh, Oh, you know, when I got that it was kind of cute was like there was a new Iron Man. Uh, I love you 3000 one. And uh -huh. I was like, that's kind of weird. But then I did it as my intro because that was kind of funny, you know, because yeah. I would say I'm Gerald and Dunn and I love you 3000. I thought that was kind of funny. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then it just got filled up with Avengers. Oh, like this one, do this and this. And it was like every line from the Avengers you ever thought of is like, yeah. like fill up the comments. So, so I like the movies, movie ones. Yeah. And then I got this one, which was so timely. Because I was going to make a video on some LUT comparisons. Yeah. And somebody said, uh, I like big LUTs and I cannot lie. <laughs> so I was like, how can that not go in the next yeah. time I talk about LUTs, right? That's perfect. So, things like that. There's some clever ones out there. Movie references are great. And then just the completely absurd ones that make no sense yeah. are funny too. This second interview clip is Josh Yo from Make Art Now, episode 23. David Sonberger asks, uh, your videos are always one step beyond informative and entertaining. You don't just explain a product or feature, you describe, uh, you describe hidden features. How do you manage to do this all the time? Isn't it exhausting? Oh my God, it is 100% exhausting. Yeah. I'm like, my favorite part of the whole process though, and this kind of answers that, my favorite part is when I'm done with the video, I do my final pass on it and I sit back and I'm like, I could just not upload this. Like this could just be for me. Yeah. And I get so much satisfaction in that. I'm like, all right, I'll share it. And then it's done. And then pretty much everything else after that, the feedback, the views is kind of, it's a mixed bag. You don't know what you're going to get. It could yeah. be, you could be ripped apart. It could just be ripped apart by like that one comment or it could be all this glowing comments of people's whose lives you've changed from this inspiring video. Right. Yeah. So like, but creating the art it's, you know, I, I make it sound like I'm creating it for you guys, but uh -huh. I'm creating it for me. I love that. 
that's always for you. It's never, yeah. I've heard this like one for them, one for me, but for you, it's all for you. Yeah, all for me. Yeah. Cause otherwise I get bored and, yeah. and also it's like, you know, you gotta move the needle up, you know, you gotta like yeah. advance it a little bit. I agree. And I think, uh, everything that you're saying about like going against what a lot of people would even tell you to do for the algorithm's sake, like I, that, my don't follow my channel if, if you're trying to get a million subscribers, I know, but here's, this is not the right path. For but that. here's 100%. the here's the point that I'm trying to make, though. Everybody that does have a million subscribers or more who is truly like a revolutionary artist, they don't follow any of the rules mm. ever. Like they're not their thumbnails aren't always the best. Like it doesn't matter. They don't say at the beginning on my channel. I talk about blah, blah, blah. Make sure to say subscribe to learn more about blank. Oh, my God. And that's what they tell you to do. And that's what a lot of people who do have a lot of subscribers do do. But there is a, an aspect of what you're doing that is because your personality is so contagious and so entertaining to watch. And because you're being different, like, I think it's it will pay off. When you look at Casey Neistat or one of my favorites is currently David Dobrik. Like, I don't know if you've ever watched any of his mm -hmm. vlogs. Um, he just he does vlogs, but it's like it's modern day jackass stuff like oh, okay. doing pranks and crazy stuff. But it's he's got this kind of artist uh, thing behind it that's better than just stupid pranks. Like there yeah. is a narrative to every video he's doing. And these guys like they're not following the rules at all. And that's what I see in you. And that's what I want to do too. Yeah. And I think it's just like one or two uh, extra set of hands. Like I yeah. call them employees, but like just sets yeah. of brains helping me behind yeah. the machine. Um, for sure, that could easily happen. I think the hardest thing in terms of production is always building that first template yeah. and working out all the kinks. And then from there, you have economies of scale where mm -hmm. it, it sure, it took me three weeks to do this video the first time, but then the second time it takes me a week. And then once you get all of those efficiencies worked out, yeah. then you're pumping out a video every you know three days. The problem is that my scale is like I've been at it for like a year and a half now, and you yeah. know my my progress is just a little bit slow in terms of but that's it's shortening not, that difference. But it's, the great thing about you though is that you still are executing stuff. You're saying you're going to do something, and you do it, and you're pushing yourself. And sure, it might be slow in air quotes, but compare that to someone who is talking about doing it and not doing anything and you're actually you. moving forward so i don't see you as slow at all i just see you as you and that is your time well thank you man your timing takes time so and that's okay timing timing takes timing yeah jg3 asks i want to know how he pushes that imposter syndrome out of his head i've heard him talk about it before uh, uh getting in the yeah. way Looking at him now, though, it seems like he has a system for striving forward. So, you know, imposter syndrome. I, I think we all struggle with it. It actually takes, you know how long it takes me to do a video? I don't know. You just said it'll, three weeks. It'll take, it takes about two weeks. Uh -huh. The first 11 days are me dealing with that imposter syndrome. Right. It actually should take me about two and a half days to do a video. Mm -hmm. That's it. To shoot it, edit it, get it up line. I, if I had a gun in my head, I could do it in one day. Yeah, sure. for sure. And it, and you wouldn't see a notice in quality drop. Uh huh. But that impot like I can't deny that that imposter uh, voice is there and it's strong What's, sometimes. What does that voice tell you? What do what do you struggle with? Um. You know, it changes. It's uh, not good enough. I think that's not probably. I enough. think I think that's probably it. Not good enough. Yeah. Or uh, boring or 
not worthy, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so being worthy of your own success is, I think it's hard for me to accept, Yeah, you know? Um, sometimes like I'll write off a, if a video does well, I might think it's a fluke or whatever. And then, yeah. I'll, or I'll try to copy it and then it doesn't work. Or a lot of times those, uh, comments also can kind of put you in a little bit of a tailspin as well. So now I just, I'm slowly getting to the point where I'm reading less and less comments. Yeah. And if people want to congratulate me or tell me how inspired they are, you know, DM me on, on Instagram. Yeah. And you won't respond. Cause if you're but... going to go out of your way to give me a nasty comment on Instagram or like email it to me, like, uh -huh. Oh man, like how, yeah. like your life is way worse than mine. Like, <laughs> gee, like wow. <laughs> like you went out of your way to hurt me. Holy cow. Exactly. I feel, I feel bad for you, dude. How can I help you <laughs> to close this thing out? How do you maintain creativity when you're going from one project to the next? Cause I've had, situations where i just get too burnt out on this thing i mean i'm it's too much sometimes for me i think every single video i get uh every every video that i do there's a point where i'm hitting my head against the wall and i'm yeah. like i don't know how to solve this i don't know how to bridge this gap and i think for me if i don't have that point in a video i'm like i'm not interested in it uh -huh. so then it weeks will go by and, the, and i won't finish the video but if it's a good enough problem and I'll, then I'll solve it. Then I'm like, I got something there. That's interesting to me. I, I, I learned something new and, yeah. and that's normally something that I'll finish. Yeah. I have, I can't tell you how many videos I have that I haven't finished. Yeah. I'm constantly working on videos. So it's yeah. not like I, I just on the whim, I'm like, oh, I think I'll do a I video today and then I'll yeah. take a month off. I have probably have 30 or 40 videos that I have either shot and edited halfway through and just shelved because yeah. Eh, you know yeah. who knows and that's probably my biggest downfall too yeah is that i don't just put out that's when uh like for me with with kinotika at least the review channel that i work on i do view that as a job like i have to put out one video a week i think if i was under that same pressure uh -huh. i'd have a lot more videos out because i'd be like well look i just i'll just nail the next one it's but, just a jobby job right yeah like, but i haven't i haven't come to those terms yet and there's there's definitely virtues in that yeah so absolutely what advice do you have for others that are trying to find their creative spark and want to do what you're doing um breakdowns lead to breakthrough so when you hit that wall and you don't know you don't have that answer yeah like in your brain when you physically hit that wall <laughs> or hit the or microphone. hit the microphone when you physically hit that, your brain is like releasing dopamine and all these other like neurochemicals that are, they trigger creativity. They trigger, yeah. you know, this flight, whether you call it flight or fight or flight response. Yeah. But there's something going on there. And a lot of my most creative thoughts have come out from when I'm physically upset and yeah. I'm having a breakdown. Yeah. I mean, I had that with my first film and I didn't know how I was going to shelve the whole film. And one day I was like, I screamed out loud. I was like, it's he, he, it's just all this stuff that he's hearing in his head. You know, it's just and then I was like, boom. Yeah. His conversation is actually happening in his head. It doesn't have to be a literal what he heard because he can't mm -hmm. hear anything. He's deaf. You have to see the. you have to see my short film yeah. to know what I'm talking about. This next interview is from Carmen Hutter, episode 27. 
I'm at a stage now in my career, I've been doing filmmaking video for over 10 years. I started mm. when I was 17 and I'm 29. Mm. Uh, and for the last 10 years, it's been stuff that I don't enjoy doing, mm. but sort of enjoy because I would add my own little flair to it mm -hmm. or like just take what I could out of it. Mm. For me, that was weddings. I've mm -hmm. shot over 300 weddings in the last like 10 years. Amazing. That's how I started in video. Um, but it's only now where I'm actually doing what I love with uh, YouTube. And that's mm -hmm. why I love the internet mm -hmm. and having, you know, a following online mm -hmm. because you you gather a niche group of people or niche. I don't know how you mm -hmm. say it. Yeah. But um, <laughs> you can gather, gather people who love the style of whatever you're doing. Mm -hmm. They love your message. They love your, for me, it's humor. I'm very, mm -hmm. I am really big into comedy. Mm -hmm. Some people get my humor, some don't. If you don't like it, don't watch it. If you like it, subscribe. Exactly. <laughs> and it's amazing how the internet has like allowed people to just be fully themselves and like gather a following of like-minded people. I agree. Um, what's that process been like for you? Like, did you at first kind of, I know for me when I started YouTube, I was like, okay, everybody's gonna like this. But then the more I'm doing it, it's almost like the more niche or um. niche I should be. Uh, because then at the end of the day, it's fully myself. And yeah. if you like me for who I am, it's so cheesy. But like, you want to just be yourself, right? Yeah. Well, because that helps you keep on going, right? Yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah, I agree. But I also, first, I really want to say like the dedication of, you know, shooting the, all, the, all these weddings you did and all mm -hmm. these other projects, maybe you didn't like as much. Yeah. That, that, that really, I think, is one of the key sort of recipes to overnight whatever success, success. yeah to overnight in air quotes is. right because during those couple of years <laughs> when i you know left university but i wasn't there was no way i was going to make a full-time income of a mm -hmm. blog i just started you know i was doing like social media and photography i was doing website design for random companies ended up freelancing for this one particular company that mm -hmm. we scaled the online business from like nothing to six figures in wow. you know half a year and that was really satisfying to do but it had nothing to do with me and mm -hmm. did i love it nah like we didn't sell a product I loved, we didn't, mm -hmm. but it was something for me to do. And I had mm -hmm. to do it because I knew it was gonna pay me and teach me. And you learn something new yeah, all the time. I had to take random product photos and mm -hmm. model, model photos and all these things. I, mm -hmm. I mean, I wouldn't have gotten the opportunity otherwise, you know? So there's something to say about just actually taking whatever comes your way and, and just doing it as yeah. opposed to really thinking out the perfect plan and you, mm -hmm. have, you have to do this and you can only do, be in this niche. Like at the beginning, yeah. just just do whatever. As long yeah. as you're doing something, I think momentum means everything. Mm -hmm. But then as you say, like getting more into your niche or niche. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I also, I started out thinking this is what I'm supposed to do, right? Well, you the, the fashion, you thought that yeah, might Yeah, I'm be like, it. this is, you know, this is how these other fashion pockets do it. I should mm -hmm. use, I should use that kind of lingo. I should, I should use these kind of hashtags. I should use these kind of poses or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. But then I will go to Fashion Week and I would end up writing about the paradox of like human consumption and behavior and just like, <laughs> you know, going that's probably way the, off. One like, of the worst places to do that. <laughs> that's the whole point of the. <laughs> Everyone goes to Fashion Week and just is like, oh, I, I just, I love what they did this year. You know, it's, it's so innovative and I uh -huh. love that floral print. And I'm over here like just. <laughs> going into some like social analysis so <laughs> it was clearly not quite my thing have you ever seen um, devil wears prada <laughs> yes i have <laughs> um so you know then that just comes a point where you're like okay i just i have to just listen to myself more here because yeah. man if this also if you wake up and you're really tired and you really you're just really exhausted from work but there's something that you can just naturally do anyway or something that you've got mm -hmm. naturally to say anyway yeah that's probably that's probably so a true. good way to go because your body does it anyway. If you have to really push yourself to an extent that feels completely mm. unnatural, 
Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe shift. You know, do I it think, anyway, um, but but shift yourself into a way that feels more more comfortable, so mm-hmm. you don't have to make excuses for not wanting to do it. Mm-hmm. I think if you're still stuck in air, you can create and become whoever you want to be, mm-hmm. and that goes for all age groups, but especially for a lot of our listeners who are maybe in their, uh, you know, early years in their career. Uh, if you just zoom out and Lord willing, you live a healthy life into your 80s or 90s, yeah. like. There's so much career left. So like stop. I feel like social media, because there's so many young teenagers Mm. that are multimillionaires, Mm. like we can easily compare ourselves to people who are younger and more successful or Mm -hmm. at least the same age and successful. It's like, well, if they can do it, why am I not doing it? And we used to not really, we weren't able to see that uh, as prevalent. As accessible Um, too. Mm -hmm. But like, just be patient. Like it Mm -hmm. takes time. And like you said, um, all your experience has led you to here. Like you couldn't have just been straight out of the gate from Austria doing this now instantly with 100,000 followers. Like it took time to build this up. And even your photography skills, like were you actually involved in photography growing Never. up is like what like literally that sony a6 is my first camera so tell me so. about how you entered into photography how you learned and and grew there i just traveled and shot mm-hmm. it really was quite as simple as that i didn't have i, I have you had a moment at doing university actually um so you in, didn't take any photography courses or anything? oh no god no wow. um and i would teach it I'm one of those. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it was it's very much just that there was this moment in university doing a, a random human resources class, actually, where our teacher somehow went from like a very dry, boring professor to asking us what our calling was. Um, and we had this homework to do. And I came out with like words like create and, and was very confused at myself. I was wow. very like, oh, God, <laughs> what am I doing? I mean, yeah. just finishing this bachelor and now I'm telling myself I'm going to create. So that's kind of an inkling, you know, a seed planted. And then I went on a scholarship to China for a couple of months. And um, that's what I got the camera for because I'm like, I'm going I'm going to travel through mm-hmm. China. You know, it's, it's such a unique place to travel through. I'm, I'm going to get a camera. So that's mm-hmm. when I got the Sony A6 for because Amazon told me to get it. <laughs> um, quite might, simply put. Yeah. You just type camera. <laughs> yeah. First like, result. <laughs> <laughs> like, it has Bye. to be lightweight like I don't know yeah <laughs> um, kit lenses you know just yeah. standard setup um, yeah and then I started that's when I started creating and that's when I started and I was traveling by myself so there was a lot of time for me to create and think about creating mm-hmm. and um, three months later I made my blog mm. a year later I went out of university and a couple of years later I'm a professional travel photographer amazing so, yeah. did you like I mean there are some things like when I look at your images that you are clearly understanding now, like leading, <laughs> leading lines and composition and lensing and, you know, exposure, all that kind of stuff. Mm. Like, how did you actually learn that stuff? I would say two thirds of it is definitely just being in the outdoors and, and trying just it out. Trial and error. Being in the outdoors, meaning just doing it, you know, mm. also editing and, and understanding how a photo is made up of and how you should maybe take a photo so you can edit it in a mm-hmm. nicer way. All about it's, photography, photography is all about balance, really. Mm-hmm. Storytelling is about balance too. You want to create something that touches others but leaves a lot of room for others to put themselves into. And also with an edit, you, you know, you don't want to go too far up on the whites and do nothing to the blacks, you know, mm-hmm. things like this. You want to you want to keep it balanced um, with your framing and your composition. It's a similar way. I, I feel then we need to strike some kind of balance to to let to let the image do its talking. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that came from trial and error. But then also once I started, as I said, opening myself up to more of the community and speaking, reaching out to those like quite intimidating 
male photographers. I don't know. There seems to is <laughs> was that when I started out anyway. There seemed to only be these like adventure male photographers who knew exactly what they were doing mm-hmm. and they shop at REI. Yeah, and then it was me. <laughs> I'm like, I love the outdoors, I love travel, but well, I've got no idea about what well, my camera is. Obviously, doing. now there's a lot of great female creators. Yes. You know, Erin Outdoors. We interviewed her. Sorella uh, Moore. She's amazing. Yeah, we interviewed her. Uh, Lizzie Pierce. We interviewed yeah. her and Chris together. They do go as a couple because they are a couple. Yeah, of course. Um, reaching out to these guys and how did it go? It was just quite intimidating initially because it, with a lot of guys. They, it seems to, for me anyway, initially, I had a feeling of a lot of ego being sold to me when really they were just proud of what they were doing and they uh-huh. were loving the outdoors. Yeah. But I mm-hmm. I didn't know my stuff and I was mm-hmm. very aware of that, you know, mm-hmm. and I was quite naive about That's a good point. taking my time with it. I didn't rush myself into knowing, having to know exactly how mm-hmm. to use my camera straight away. But I feel like that was maybe sometimes expected. Like mm-hmm. sometimes I go on trips with some of these early friends that I made. Can you and list it, any of your early friends? Her name is Rach Stewart. She's pretty mm-hmm. awesome. Is that um, her handle? Yeah, Rach Stewart instead. She, I mean, she's a long exposure photographer, so very different genre very to cool. me. But I mean, but you, I'm sure you learned a lot from that. I learned a lot from her. And I found she was, you know, there was people like her who, who were really open to me mm-hmm. saying, look, I know where we're going. I know how to hike. I know all, I know all this stuff, mm-hmm. but I don't really know how to use my camera. Mm-hmm. And she was okay with that. You That's know? awesome. Um, so it's nice to have people like that around you. And I always find that now when I, I mean, I have workshops myself now, but even when I mm-hmm. get to know people on the road <clears throat> or travel with other people who might not be so set up yet in their creative skill set to give them some space and just listen and, and, and give them some pointers because mm-hmm. that's what I wished for initially as well, you know, yeah. um, and then you, awesome. I slowly came across them. So it's it's good that if even if you think you know it all, you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just to never. And so you're actually you and uh, a guy named uh, Carl are yes. traveling around right now <laughs> together. And that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, they're always featured in your work necessarily. But mm-hmm. like, what do you what's so good about that? Just having somebody to bounce ideas off of somebody to just hike with so you're not yeah bored by yourself or what like why do you like to travel with other people well they just push you to to think in a different way they i mean people they bring they bring something else on the table that maybe mm. you haven't thought of before you know that saying about you are the five people that you surround yourself the most with mm-hmm. um i really believe that <clears throat> and for me because i don't get to be at home a lot that's really important for me to have people around me when I'm on the road mm-hmm. that I can learn from and I can grow with alongside mm-hmm. and that I feel comfortable and safe with. That's so amazing. Um, because otherwise, man, you just, if you're just doing it for yourself, mm. like there's no point. Like What's why? Point? Like, yeah. you know, there's so many, there's, there's so much to be learned and had from connections with others. Mm-hmm. I really, really believe that. And I know it sounds so airy fairy, but it's not. It's like you, it, it adds a lot of value to your life mm-hmm. and um, it teaches you so much too. This next interview is with Drew Chanelli, episode 26. So that picture of the girl with the mirror, that kind of went viral on Instagram. And you tell, you're tell you telling me that like literally like three or four weeks ago, mm-hmm. you didn't even have 100,000 no, followers. No, I like, was at 54,000. So what, like what's that whole journey been like over the last just like month, I guess? It's been weird. Yeah. Because like I said, a lot of DMs and stuff. I'm, I'm a heavy Twitter user. And yeah. Twitter's always been my like... Yeah. thing because <laughs> i'm almost at 100k on twitter which i really ultimate goal would be to hit 100k on twitter yeah um go follow him everybody <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh but uh but yeah ended up passing myself on twitter 
Um, well, that proves that Instagram's a uh, bigger platform for photographers. Obviously, it is. Right? It is. Uh, but yeah, it's it's been it's been a lot of overseas um, new followers. So it's, honestly, it's very cool. Um, yeah. I love that. But yeah, it's been a lot of a lot of messages, a lot mm -hmm. of people um, asking pretty much similar things that I get yeah. like on Twitter and that sort of thing. It's what uh, Lucas Graffy asks, what's your current uh, all-time goal in photography? All-time goal is just to get to a point where I feel like I understand everything. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Good luck like, with that. I know, right? It's, it's a... That like, means it's a journey. There's no, there is no uh, arrival on I that. No, I just want to get to a point where I feel like I can walk into any situation mm -hmm. and be like, I know what to do. Yeah. A lot of it, because a lot of it is just like, I don't know what I'm doing like a well, lot on, of the time you're on the track though because again with the spec work with your product shots uh it's it's stepping outside of the model portraiture that you've been doing hmm. and i can just see like you're already growing and getting better at that I appreciate and it that's a whole new skill set that you're developing yes it's completely different than the model stuff yes it's it is different i think that's why it's been fun for me yeah. just because i've been doing the model stuff for mm. about three or so years and so it's been refreshing it's yeah. new and but you can still use like a lot of the same techniques at Absolutely. least in post with all sorts of photography so mm, it's been fun people should experiment with with different types of yeah, styles i think so too because it also pushes you to learn different things uh -huh. and also be you know like with product stuff i'm a lot more careful with retouching which is kind of funny to think about um but just from the retouching that I did with models, it mm -hmm. just helps out a ton with the product photography totally. stuff. But just little things, it just helps because you can always bring that into shooting, landscape, portrait, uh, real estate, whatever. Yeah. At Tavan asked, do you think anyone can become a photographer? Yes. <laughs> um, it depends on what you define as a photographer. I think that pretty much everybody is just because everybody has a phone that has a yeah. camera on it. And I'm sure with this next uh, iPhone, I'm sure we'll see a lot more photographers come out based on rumors <laughs> <laughs> with the super cool uh, cameras on the back of those phones. Um, By the time this posts, actually next week, they will know exactly yes, what we're talking about. I'm so excited. I'm such an Apple fanboy. It's terrible. <laughs> um, Me too, man. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I think, I think anybody definitely can become a, uh, a photographer i think that it's just kind of like anything else in life though i think some people are just more naturally talented at it than others um like because there's there's some people that are like i just started shooting a year ago and their stuff is like insane and i'm like this makes no yeah, sense I'm talking to one of them <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but, but you know it's like one of those things where it's just like it's it's crazy because it's like that's so cool and like some people learn so fast even at yeah. like young ages too like even like mm -hmm. 14 15 16 years that's old that's the beautiful thing about technology now it's so accessible i know it's weird it's weird uh but yeah no, i think i think anybody definitely can uh at bird watch watch asks, asks uh who takes pictures of you taking pictures <laughs> yeah so i have uh my 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 buddies they're my kansas city homies as uh -huh. you could say <laughs> no they're uh they're always helping me out with stuff which is i'm so grateful for these guys uh ultimate goal honestly uh if we go back to that other question is i, I want to get to a point where i can spoil the people around me that are helping me out now yeah. uh so ultimate goal would be able to you know pay to these guys them. to yeah. help me with this stuff and not just be there you know helping me out because i feel bad sometimes you know it's like yeah. where i'm like i feel like i'm the guy that's like let's do this and like yeah. not really giving them you know a shot or whatever but 
yeah, they're, they're my friends. Um, and if I don't have them around, I will try and set it up somewhere. I set uh -huh. my phone up and um, either do a timer or if I wear my Apple Watch, do my lovely timer on that so I can Heck you know yeah. at least line it up on my watch. That's awesome, man. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, the nerdy stuff that I do for the behind the scenes stuff. Um, but yeah, my friends. Uh, it's Zo Zoelle Lynn asks, what helps you get out of a creative rut? Um, that is tough. That is like the hardest thing. Cause I would say that I'm recently kind of in like a creative block kind of period really? where it's like, I don't know. Even though you're crushing it right now. I appreciate it. I feel like it's like, I feel like I am, but I'm not at the same time. I feel, I know what you mean though. Like I, it's, it's bad. Cause like, especially with, uh, how well my stuff has been doing this year, I'm like getting used to this like constant rush of like yeah. always doing stuff and like. And so it's it's tough when uh, you hit like a, a slow period because you're like, I don't know, am I doing things right still? <laughs> like, do people still enjoy the stuff that I'm doing? Should I change something? And so um, that's just me getting too wrapped into social media and all that stuff. <laughs> One thing stuff. that I have tried to think about myself when I feel that way is to zoom out and look at your life mm -hmm. on a timeline and look at where you've, what's happened in the last year, two years, three years. Yeah. And remember your age and remember that this is a lifelong career for you. You're going to have 30, 40 years, you know, Lord willing yeah. of doing this. Yeah. I was talking to my wife last night about how we were talking about retirement or something. And I was like, yeah, if I was a postman and I worked yeah. at the post office for 50 years, I would have to retire at a certain age because I couldn't drive or deliver the mail. Yeah. But because what I do is in my mind creatively yeah even if i physically can't take a picture of something or film something i could have someone yeah. do that for me and i direct that i don't see me ever stopping until i'm dead yeah ridley scott and martin scorsese are in their 70s and 80s yep. making hollywood oscar-winning movies and it's because they have a crew you know doing it but their mind is still sharp yep. to create that's crazy. I never thought about it like that. Yeah. But so it like, is so true. All the creatives. You could be in your 80s doing this, man. Yeah. No, that's true. That is, I try to zoom out and look at things like that. <clears throat> so this lull that you're feeling now is nothing compared to the next 70 years. That's true. If you think about Lord it. Lord willing. <laughs> right? It's Knock very, on wood, right? Exactly. Um, so final thoughts. Uh, what advice do you have for other creators trying to break through in their career and make a big change in their life the way that you did? Yeah, um, I would say like, honestly, for me, like all of this kind of started from me just wanting to learn more. Um, like my goal this entire time is I just want to get better. And it's just that constant, like, I want to get better at this. And even when I'm in creative ruts and that sort of thing, it's like, I just know eventually I'll break through and be better. I almost like creative ruts because then it's like, you yeah. know, once you get over it, your stuff is slowly progressing yeah um and so it, it is that just constant of wanting to get better wanting to see your work get better and that sort of thing and i i feel like if you focus on that and just wanting to get better with what you're doing in your craft that you'll you know gain success from what you're doing um and not i i try not to think about the business side of things too much uh because i feel like things will eventually just kind of happen um, who knows, <laughs> but yeah. that's, uh, that's just how I am. I'm a very go with the flow kind of guy. And, you know, if something comes up, I'll attack it and see how we can do. But yeah, 
goal is just to get better. And I feel like if you continue to just keep practicing at what you're doing, you'll get better. You'll see your work get better. And uh, I think other people will notice that as well. What's kind of the main tip that you would give somebody starting out from your experience? Yeah. Um, a lesson you've learned or something. I would say it uh, depends on what you want to do. Um, I felt like I was very lucky being able to create a community um, in Kansas City with photography. So people starting out, especially looking into portrait stuff, I always tell them to see if there's any sort of like meetups or anything like that where they can go and meet other people. It's a lot of just find other people that mm-hmm. want to do something similar um, or at least help out, right? Just find a friend that wants to stand in front of the the camera with you. I mean, yeah. the, the person that I shot with all the time was my buddy uh, Jake, and we would just swap off. I would I would model for him. He'd model for me. We'd be in alleyways. We'd go to coffee shops. We'd do that sort of stuff just because yeah. just we thought it was cool. We thought we were cool. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, but yeah, that's how, that's how I started. And I, awesome. I found a love for it. And I just enjoy meeting new people, making connections and that sort of thing. And I, I think you'll know when, when you're starting off, if, yeah. if you really enjoy it and that sort of thing, don't try and force anything. Um, but yeah, see if you can create a community, find somebody that wants to shoot with you because it's always easier with somebody else doing it with you. Kind of like working out. But yeah, um, just practice. Practice makes perfect. Yep. Perfect practice makes perfect. Yep. That's what my band teacher always told me. <laughs> She's like, people say practice makes perfect. But if you practice it wrong, then that's really bad. That's true. And this final clip is from my conversation with Jenna Huben talking about animation and how to implement it in your videos. Episode 24. So let's, let's do a little uh, mini tutorial kind of thing um, and just give people some ideas of where they can start as far as uh, programs and uh, maybe even just go over how to slightly on uh, motion graphics and how to implement animation in your in your footage. So what are some apps that we could use to start doing some animation? There's obviously different types of animation. There's different types of apps for all those different types of animation. So it depends on what you're wanting to do and ultimately what you have access to. For those mm-hmm. who maybe edit and use the Adobe Suite, you can lean into Photoshop or After Effects or a character animator, or even a little bit of Premiere and mm-hmm. start to bring in, maybe it's motion graphics, maybe it's illustrated animation. Photoshop has a frame-by-frame animation feature as well as a more timeline. After Effects is obviously designed for motion graphics and animation and has so many features you will be lost in them forever. Yeah. <laughs> Premiere can do some of that, but it's not built for it. And I've tried to do a little bit of motion graphics in Premiere. It's very awkward. Yeah. Um, because so they, they Adobe knows that they own After Effects and it's amazing. So it's like, yeah, I mean, just all, go over there. <laughs> and the reason why suites and programs that are designed to work together so well is great because everything dynamically links mm-hmm. and I can jump between them very easily. Um, so for those who already have Adobe mm-hmm. and maybe want to get into some motion graphics, maybe want to bring that into their text, mm-hmm. open up After Effects. It doesn't bite. Yeah. Look at it. <laughs> find some very basic tutorials online. Tutorials. And, that's and, where to go, man. Go to, there's so much out there now. There's so much. It's and it might un- even endless. just mean downloading a free motion graphics pack and just breaking it apart. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, there's keyframes in here. What do they do? What is mm-hmm. What is this graph editor? What are these extra layers and mm-hmm. things that are nested and composited and just start that's a lot of how i learned i taught myself motion graphics mainly from breaking down projects and watching tutorials and attempting to build things mm-hmm. on my own and now when i'm doing video production work maybe it's a talking headpiece i can put in custom title and subtitle mm-hmm. effects that match the brand because i know enough of how to build those mm-hmm. 
and implement them. And that just gives you an extra level up. Animated intros and titles and those pieces yeah. show that, oh, there's an extra level of production here and that it can be intentional. It can help further the brand or the conversation mm -hmm. that you're wanting to have. And if you're somebody who has a computer but does not want to pay $50 a month for uh, Adobe or just you don't like Adobe, there's a great alternative that is free and open source. And if you haven't heard of it, it's amazing. And it's a very valuable tool to learn. Uh, it's called Blender and it's been around forever. Uh, Blender is an open source program, but they've animated full features. There's actually an entire Netflix series that was animated completely in Blender, uh, which is amazing. And uh, I think uh, there's a big company, might be might be DreamWorks, uh, donated like over a million dollars to the continuing development of Blender. They literally last week updated the app to support uh, 2D animation, hand-drawn, um, oh, with onion skinning and keyframing, but then also taking 3D objects and converting that to 2D as well. And it's really, really impressive what you're able to do in Blender. They've also simplified it. It was like really complicated to learn. Um, and they've simplified it even more to be much closer to an app like Cinema 4D, which is really popular. Mm -hmm. um, so Blender has gotten better. Uh, they've you know, added a lot of features. You can go find stuff on Blender Guru. He's kind of the biggest like guy who talks about Blender. It's a big mm -hmm. YouTube channel. And again, it's totally 100% free. There's not even like a pro version or anything. The whole point of it is to be an open source uh, platform for people. So, yeah, which is um, awesome. I think Blender is really cool. more known for 3D work mm -hmm. as of now, but with these new 2D features. The last features, couple of years, they've been adding 2D. And, which is cool. Uh, they literally, literally, you know, again, this update came, this firmware update came last week or two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, they've added an entire 2D aspect to it now. Very cool. Yeah, awesome. very cool. So it's free. Um, but if you're not on a laptop or a computer, there's obviously now iPads and even phones if you want to go that way. Uh, and Android tablets too. They exist. They're things. But let's just be honest, the iPad Pro, and you don't even have to have the 2018 version. You can have the first iPad Pro or even I think the iPad Airs now have pencil support. Um, even the super cheap iPad, actually, the 329 one has Apple Pencil support. Um, and even if you don't have the one that has Apple Pencil support, you can buy like a third party little pin that's not the mm -hmm. same as an Apple Pencil, but it's still good. Um, and you can do animation on an iPad uh, for very affordable price. The best app that I found, I did some research, is uh, Animation Desk. I've actually used uh, the free version and played around with it a bit. It's pretty amazing. It's got everything you would need. It's got storyboard support, multiple layers, uh, onion skinning. You can import videos so you can either sketch on top of video or you know, blend the videos that you're making with animation and have traditional real hand-drawn animation on an iPad. It's 20 bucks. That's Come awesome. on, man, that's amazing. Yeah, and even like you mentioned storyboards, a lot of the pre-production process for any medium of film is going to go through a lot of the same steps. Mm -hmm. Maybe it looks a little bit different, but if you're working on a larger project, it's so helpful to storyboard and sit down and plan it out before you shoot to know how the sequence is, or maybe you need to pitch it to someone, you need to be yeah. able to show them what you're going to do. So a lot of those pieces of the process, some of these programs can help make that easier for you, mm -hmm. even if it's just stick drawings. Like yeah. whatever <laughs> you can do to help communicate mm -hmm. your story and your vision better to your team or someone you're working with, um, storyboarding is a great way to do that. So a lot of people don't know this, but 
film, um, TV shows, I just, I'm just going to say Dora the Explorer because it's the one that I know for sure. Great. Uh, <laughs> Dora the Explorer is uh, made in Flash. And I guess now maybe, or it's After Effects. Uh, when I was when I visited back in 2007, they were doing it in After Effects with the puppet tool, mm -hmm. uh, the entire show. And so you don't have to know how to draw to do character animation too. A lot of people don't realize this. Uh, there's lots of websites where you can actually download a fully rigged character that someone else has drawn and created. And basically what that means is like, there's a skeleton, there's a, there's a, you know, mouths that are there for syncing. And what you can do is bring that into After Effects and animate and keyframe uh, the movement. So like if I want to move an arm from left to right at one point, you know, at zero on the, on the, you know, timeline, the hand is in one location. And then I scoot forward five seconds and I just drag the arm over to where I want it to be. And then the computer just animates those keyframes in between. And it's basically a virtual puppet. And so there's actually a lot of animation studios that have artists that design the characters. And then there's riggers who will rig the characters. But then there's animators who literally don't draw a thing. And they're just animating the points of these puppets. So they're like puppeteers in a way. So whether you're doing character animation or text or motion graphics or visual effects compositing, it all depends on what your project is mm -hmm. and what you're gonna need that's gonna serve you the best. I think there's a lot of different ways to implement it, but it doesn't mean you need all of them. It doesn't no, mean yeah. you need a, an animated We're person. We're trying to cover all of them. Chilling. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, and different ones will serve different projects or different situations, or maybe you can pull from this piece of this style, pull from this piece of this style. Mm -hmm. um, Maybe you can learn motion graphics and create super cool transitions between your clips and some of those pieces. Yeah. So a lot of it does carry over and you can merge and blend a lot of them. Mm -hmm. um, so it's honestly just knowing what's going to help you bring your project to the next level. The totally. Most. And I think for most people listening to this, that's going to be advanced motion graphics. I think character animation is such a distinct style. Hopefully there's some people listening. They're like, this is me. Finally, they're talking about character animation. But the truth is, I think a lot of the people listening to this are filmmakers, YouTubers, Instagrammers, people who have a creative vision, uh, loved the outdoors, love creating stuff. I mean, I'm not going to put all you guys in a uh, in a box here, but I do think for most visual artists who are doing video stuff, motion graphics and learning about how to implement that with transitions and get really creative with that, that's really where uh, you're probably going to get the, yeah. the most bang for and buck. Not to discount other forms of no. visual media. You can learn yeah. a lot from them. I think we often end up in our video production filmmaking bubble and yep. we, it becomes an echo chamber of like we're all learning from each other but oftentimes stepping outside of that Absolutely. and pulling from maybe other forms of media and letting that be an inspiration and drive can then make your project so much richer because it has more depth because yeah. it's incorporating more pieces and just learning from what else is being done. So we've we've kind of covered a couple of programs that you can use. Uh, we've talked about different ideas and different creators that are implementing this. What do you have to say for somebody that's like, I want to do animation in my films and in my videos and uh, what, what do you have to say to them? Yeah, great, good. <laughs> Honestly, I'm excited. I hope we see more of it and that's why videos like Sam Kohler's and I've seen mm -hmm. a couple others popping up, whether it's motion graphics or incorporating 2D or 3D animation is starting to just make the video production side of online content so much richer yeah. because we're able to do more and experience things differently. Whereas when you see maybe a lot of the same things over and over, we're looking for something new and fresh. 
And I think animation has a lot to offer video production. And Absolutely. There's a lot of, I guess, untapped potential there that um, people who are filmmaking or doing video work can really lean into to, again, not to distract, not to like cover up what's not working yeah. well, but just to kind of elevate what they're already doing and either communicate more effectively or mm -hmm. make it more visually interesting. So if, I if you look, we'll see more. If you look at the kind of history of film and how uh, like VFX started happening, you know, Jurassic Park and Terminator and stuff, and then Matrix obviously changed uh, filmmaking too in a way. Um, there was like this whole slew of films. I remember like in the early 2000s where it's like just explosions and special effects all over the place. It just got too much. It was just like the filmmakers realized, I can do anything. Okay, I will do anything. And then you have films like, uh, you know, J.J. Abrams, J.J. Abrams comes to mind. Uh, Chris Nolan, who are more traditional filmmakers, and Chris Nolan in particular, like he demands to shoot on film and do things practically as much as possible. But just because they're doing practical effects doesn't mean that there's not visual effects. In fact. They're doing a ton of crazy visual effects in the computer and animation, uh, but they're blending that with real practical things to make it even better. Um, and we're seeing maybe a little bit more restraint in some ways in the filmmakers, but then also we have Lion King and whatever the future is there, which you're, we're pushing it as far as possible. Um, it's just an amazing time. And I know for me, when I learned After Effects, you know, six, seven years ago, when I started really diving into it and implementing uh, visual effects in my work, my creativity just skyrocketed in terms of just my initial ideas. Because once you realize that you can add something through animation, and once you kind of have a grasp on what is possible just with After Effects, for example, you can start to really think of things differently. and. Uh, come up with a commercial or a project that if you're working with a client, for example, you can say, hey, let's let's do this, this and this where, you know, the guy's going to walk through here and then a thing's going to fall down and he'll grab it and it'll be a funny moment. And they're like, well, how will we do that? It's like, oh, I'll just do it in, in After Effects. So it'll be a simple animation, green screen I thing. press the animation button. Yeah, I'll push the animation button. And then after that, I'll push <laughs> the viral button for you. Um, but there's just a couple of things that once you learn the, the basics and the mechanics of it, you know, you can continue to learn the technology. But once you just open your mind up to what's possible, I think um, the creativity can just go crazy. Yeah. There's this one YouTuber that you showed me that's on the list here. I think you mentioned him, uh, the Spider-Man uh, YouTuber guy. He doesn't yeah. have like a ton of followers. He's got like 120,000 subs. Yeah. Something. That's Andreas a lot. Hem is a good example of if you're more on the What's volume. his name? Andreas Hem. Okay. Is a great example. How do you spell that? Um, oh, A N D R E A S H E M, um, and he adds v uh, VFX in like YouTuber vlogs. Mm -hmm. For example, there's like a moment where the camera is really far away. He looks at the camera and shoots like a Spider-Man web at mm -hmm. the camera and just pulls the camera towards himself. Like totally not necessary. He didn't have to do it, but it was just a fun little quirk a creative thing and it just hooks you into the mm -hmm. film you know yeah and there's a lot of really big ways to incorporate animation or motion graphics into video pieces but there's also a lot of small ways i've even seen a little more influx on instagram where people are adding maybe overlaid like little small animated elements mm -hmm. on top of a photo to give it more visual interest or maybe they're doing like hand-drawn text that has some movement to it or 
bringing in even the parallax effect where it's kind of a two two and a half D image yeah. or a cinemagraph where everything's still but one piece is moving. Mm -hmm. All of those have elements of animation in them. And they're always just a how do we take something and do it slightly different and make it interesting in a new way that, yeah, people want to see more new things yeah. because the world is so saturated right now, especially in the photo video world. I hope you guys enjoyed this highlight episode. It's been a real ride for me over this last year. It's actually been a full year of me living here in California, of me working with Polar Pro, doing this Golden Hour podcast. And I've met so many incredible people along the journey, and I can't wait to meet even more. If you're only listening to the audio and you wanna see the visual aspect of this, then make sure to check out our website at polarprofilters.com slash golden hour. There you can see all the videos from all the interviews that we've shot over the last year. It's also a completely redesigned website. The designers here have done an incredible job giving the Golden Hour podcast site a facelift. So make sure to go over and check that out. Once again, thank you so much for listening to the Golden Hour podcast every single week. I'm your host, Dave Mays, here in the Polar Pro Studio, and we'll see you next time.